Hello everyone, welcome to the Carlton Raps 2022 Carlton list ranking. Uh, this idea started from Terry Degani from Blue Abroad. So if you want to check out the original video, the link will be in its description down below. Also, welcome to anyone that is listening through any audio platforms. I'm going to do my best to describe it. What's going on on the screen if you can't see it? So a little bit of a description for anyone that's not on audio, even who's watching on video right now. So I've ranked the tiers, in my opinion, in what I think should be the different categories. So the top, the top, uh, the top tier for me is elite, which I, I think obviously self-explanatory. Anyone that really would get a game on any list that performs to a quite high standard week in, week out second tier is consistently solid so someone who's most of the time a very good player will play their role all the time and will often make quite an impact in the games third tier is role player so no one who really is extremely gifted skills wise or tactically they play their role each week and they will do enough to keep their spot week in week out uh, my fourth tier is spark slash future player I think there's a couple of guys in here who would be too harsh to say, oh, delist this guy or get rid of him because we might not have seen enough. So it's just a category that sort of doesn't put him out of any high category or low category. So that's the fourth one. And the bottom one is VFL or delist. So that is the worst you can get. But hopefully no one in this list will be in there. So I've sort of gone in random order for this one and just tried to mix these guys up without looking so I wasn't you know I sort of mixing in between good and average players as I go across this so we'll get right into it David Cunningham obviously he did his ACL I think it was against Melbourne uh, last year I, I originally never saw what was too great about him I think maybe his development for me in my eyes was a bit slow and never really made an impact in a lot of the games that he should have been but you know I've grown on him a bit I think he started to sort of expose himself as a real outside runner someone who can come inside as well and create a passage to you know run out on the winds and get a clearance I think he does suit more of a role player I think his game may get to consistently solid but obviously now with an ACL, it will become even harder for him recovering from that injury and getting back to that, you know, posting a pre-injury form. So we're going to put him in role player for now. Harry Mackay, straight to elite. I mean, if you're a Coleman medalist, you really deserve to be in that category. His plays is, I mean, he's a role player as well, but his ability to outwork opponents 8 out of 10 times, 9 out of 10 times, is quite elite and to kick, you know, to beat everyone in the AFL, it's a very good achievement, especially for his age, he's still developing, he's our top forward, so there's not much more we can say about Harry, quite obvious, straight into elite. Next on our list, Caleb Marchbank, haven't seen him for a while, and it's actually very hard to rank him on this, purely because of that absence of footy for the last couple of years. I think for Marchy, it's going to be a very very long way back still uh, I know he's back into it this year but he was in a much different team to when 
that he last played and the dynamic is completely different and I'm sure you know you get trained and you get brought back into that you know team cohesion but I think he might need a lot of VFL before he gets his spot back especially if you you know what we're hearing about Mitch McGovern being trained in that role I'm sure Lewis Young as well from what I'm hearing McGovern's got more of that top back you know top back line spot or at least you know taking over from what Jones had so I think I think I'm just going to put future player for Marchbank and not just because he's a young player just because I think he's someone that will come good again in the future and it's just too hard to base him off the form he did have because you know the game changes as the year go, years go on and so does the team so it'll be interesting to see where he goes this year if he can keep injury free a lot of different factors and I'm sure he'll be feeling that pressure as well to perform again to the high standard and not miss out on a lot of football this year next on our list Luke Parks uh, Parks is quite an odd one because he from Emory he played you know the first seven or eight games I think I, I remember him at least till that Hawthorne game which was round 10-ish and then I'm not sure if he got injured or he got dropped I'm not too sure but I quite liked what I saw from him he's got a real good mongrel and I guess for someone who got pick up, picked up in the rookie draft, I think that's where he got put, picked up in the mid-season. Like, they have a very high intensity, a very strong will to perform at a high level, which is much needed, at least what we've seen from previous years. So Parks is someone I like as a player that can probably get better from where he was at. Whether he has a consistent role in this team, I'm not sure. I don't know whether he can get a game as often but I think someone who could replace Jones would be Parks I think someone you could go to that could be definitely a rotational player with someone like McGovern or someone like Lewis Young so I'd put him on this list I'd probably consider him as a good role player for now but he could get better could move up could move down uh, next TDK Tom DeConin I've always liked Tom from the moment he, you know, stepped foot in the club. I think he's better than Pittenet in quite a lot of ways, and I have quite negative views on Pittenet, which is more based off what I'm seeing, but also the stats I'm reading about him that not a lot of people take into consideration. When we look at TDK, I think he's much more versatile. You can put him up forward. You can place him in the ruck. I think Pittenet's a better ruckman if you're talking about the sole ruckman position. But if you want a really good versatile ruckman forward, TDK is where you go. So I, I he's he's still got a long way to go. I think in his development, there's still bits of his game that he might not consistently perform well, or you know, times where he can do things a little better. But I think it's just a bit of an experience issue where. He will pick that up eventually, but I'm going to put him in consistently solid because I think he's a guy that you can rely on to make an impact in the games when you're a ruck down or when you're a forward down. He will go there and provide something that oppositions aren't very aware of and aren't as willing to change. On to Mitch McGovern. Um, I've, I, I, I always loved Mitch McGovern when he came. I think I loved the way he played at Adelaide. And whether that transitioned over to Colton is a bit of a different story. 
Obviously, a lot of people are disappointed with the way it's performed. I think the 2019 McGovern was quite good, for you know, in, in bits and pieces. I like the way he performed and the way he led up and hit up a lot of our midfielders. Obviously, I think this year we're going to see a quite different Mitch McGovern in the back line. So, we saw a little bit at the end of 2020 against Brisbane, but I can't, I can't honestly remember what that game was like. Um, but I think McGovern is someone who can be consistently solid. I just don't think he will be. I think he's just at a point where he's played so much inconsistent footy that I just don't see it changing. I think it's 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 now a mentality where he, one, probably has a lot of pressure on himself to perform at that level, and he knows he can't because he hasn't been able to. And two, now he's going to take on a new role. So obviously that's just going to take some time as well. So I think it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to put McGovern because I don't see him as consistently solid, nor do I see him as a real role player as of yet. I'm going to put him in future player as well on the basis that he becomes an okay backman, that he will become a future decent backman for now. Because role player, I don't think I consider him a role player when he hasn't really played a consistent level of footy over the last couple of years. On to Josh Honey. Uh, I saw a bit of him in the VFL last year, I think. I uh, went to one game uh, against Coburg, and I liked what I saw from him. I mean, as most young kids do, they really, you know, they've got a lot of grit. They really... Uh, he, was, he was a real intense player who was aware of his surroundings and was able to impact the contested play, which a lot of players will often just go in for the contested ball and try and win it out, and then lose focus of what's around them, whereas he tried to make a focus of what's behind him, what's to the side, what's in front, get the ball and work his way out and try and work around the packs. So I liked what I saw from him in the VFL. The AFL, I think obviously he was going to learn. There was only two games. Um... So I was, I was happy with what Honey is going to provide. I think he's a real quick, versatile small forward that, not exactly similar to Betts, but if anything, probably provides a bit of offensive, oh, sorry, defensive pressure that we need in our um, offensive 50. Obviously, tackling was a problem, but Honey loves a good tackle. So someone that I think can really elevate his game to the next level this year, so I'm going to put him in future Spark player. I think I'll put him above March Bank. I'm going to probably rearrange his at the end in order, but I think he's probably a bit above March Bank at this point. Someone who can really elevate his game. Jack Martin, another one who I thought really fit well in terms of recruit this year. He didn't really have the year he wanted last year. I think he struggled to find his actual role in that team I don't think the way we played going forward suited his type of role, he sort of likes to push up to half forward and make an impact deep inside forward 50 but I think the two together just never worked for him because it was either bomb inside to Harry or realistically use the midfielders to take those wider shots so it was never really in his sort of game range the way we played but I do like the way he plays. He does do the job for you in his position. I think he's quite skilled at 
at his actual half forward role compared to you know other half forwards his size. So I've got to chuck him in role player because I think he he does do what we need him to do, and I think it's just a consistent a, like a form problem that will leave him either making an impact or not an impact in our games rather than just his actual ability. Next, Ed Kerno, role player straight away. No more discussion. I mean, what, what, there's not much to say about Ed. He's done the same thing since he's been there and he's been really versatile over the last 12, I think it's 13, uh, 12 years, I'd like to say. I remember in 2010, I don't remember 2009. Oh, 11, so it's been 11 years. But Ed is definitely a role player, no doubt about it. Corey Durden, I think for you as well, what I saw with Honey in, in the VFL, he's really like, really gritty, really intense, physical player who just wants the footy, which I feel like everyone wants the footy, everyone does want the footy, but for his size, that's not really what he should be doing, like you look at someone like Eddie, he, like they wait around the packs and they wait for those moments to come, but Durden attacks it as a small forward, which is, you know, quite a unique feature. You think of a lot of small forwards across the league, they don't, that's not really, you know, an attribute of a small forward to be really physical and aggressive towards your opponent. It's more to actually, you know, outwork them and outrun them and other little things like that. So Durden, he's, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a future young player who will emerge eventually. It's going to obviously be a bit harder for him this year. So it's one of those things where I guess time will tell, but I've loved what I've seen from him so far. So there's nothing really negative to critique him on as of yet. Adam Chera, I think straight into that elite company. Chera, I sort of never, you, you look at star players from other teams and you tend not to notice them so much and not in a bad way, just because they do what you need them to do each week. But uh, I mean, when you have someone of that, caliber in your team that provides midfield depth which at least is guaranteed midfield depth this year I feel like we always question uh, who comes in as that other midfielder who uh, who do we use if this comes off and all these questions we ask we rely on Down, O'Brien keep waiting but Chera we have a guaranteed follower in that center bounce which is you know it's relieving the supporters that we know we can rely on someone new that will always make that impact, you know, support Walsh and Crips in those centre bounces, little things like that which are important to really set a good foundation tactically, I think, whereas not always having to worry as a team and as a coaching staff or who do we put in now. And you don't have to worry about someone not performing and changing things up in the middle of games, which was a Teague problem because we would be trapped in that cycle where we couldn't figure it out. Teams would get their run on and we'd lose games. So Cherries just fits in there and creates less worries realistically when you, you're you working for 120 minutes. I'm sure 110 of those minutes you wouldn't have to worry with Cher on the ground. Uh, so yeah, he's elite. George Hewitt, uh, in, in, impressive sign-in I think. I like someone from Sydney, and I don't like Sydney that the club isn't the club on its own. But the culture, I think, is important. He's come from quite a strong bloods culture, which is really important to transfer over to a club that's like it's restarting. It's starting from fresh, which we do every year. But I think 
it's more than, you know, now more than ever, it's starting really from fresh, from the start, from scratch. So I, I, I'm not sure with Hewitt, because with Chera, I think it was more obvious he played at an elite standard every week. I think Hewitt's more of a consistently solid player rather than an elite player, because you wouldn't really categorise him as like an elite type of player. I think he's definitely really talented, but for him, I don't think his real ambition would be to be that elite all-star player every week. He's probably just, he's going to put in his shift and do it really well and make an impact, which is what that consistently solid player does. So put him in that tier. Uh, We move on to Lucky O'Brien. I'm putting him straight to D-list. Personally, I've just never liked what I've seen from him. I, he, I think all we've been able to talk about is his left foot, and that's very concerning, when, especially when you're three or four years into your career. That That's all that's changed over three or four years. And I can understand the coaching. It could be a coaching issue that they haven't brought him up in the right way, but I, it, it's this far in, where we've had heaps of issues depth-wise and he hasn't provided, I think we could have got something for him out of the last draft instead of... Um, I can't remember what it was, where we basically guaranteed him a rookie spot, I think. It just would have been a lot better for the club to utilise him in different ways. I think he's a wasted spot. And I just think he'll be playing VFL all year unless we do a 2021 and finals is off the cards quite early. So, yeah, I personally think for O'Brien it's a D-list, or VFL slash D-list, that's the category. Will Setterfield, he's personally my favourite player, so it might be biased what I say. I think he's very talented, um, but on the field, he hasn't performed to that standard consistently. He never really reached that post-2019 form in 2020 or 2021, but I could see him starting to reach that form again in 2021. He's very, very nifty, and uh, like someone who really came up the ranks as playing against quite elite players his whole junior career, and even at the Giants, like being around quite a talented list, he's someone that will make an impact in little ways, and I think he's a great win option to really just sort of sit out the back and work around the contest rather than being inside you know contested play he will work outside the contest and give you a good option to find a kick out or dash across the wings very smart footballer so I'm going to put him in as a role player because I think he will return to his top form this season as long as he's played under the right structures that he's he can adapt to, which was what we saw at the end of 2019. Um, Doherty, straight role player. I mean, I, honestly, I, th- I think I'll put him consistently solid because what we've seen from him, I'd say 8 out of 10 times he'll perform for you every game. He'll provide that rock down back as, you know, a rolling option for Weedering, Jones. He'll always be someone you can rely on to find your kicks out of defensive 50 hopefully we get to see him play this year I'm not too sure if he's meant to be playing or he's not meant to be playing it's a bit hard to you know hard to really 
get a gauge on what's actually happening and all we want for him is the best health so football really doesn't make it whether he plays or not does not matter as long you know as long as his health is returning to the top level it can be and if he's still training it indicates he's still willing to keep going and play so he uh, it's yeah very unsure for a lot of us I'm sure but Doherty consistently solid player love what you know love what we've seen from him since the 2015 period I think where he really sort of broke out into that team uh, 2014 I think that was that first real period for Doherty uh, next on our list Brody Kemp uh, I'm, not, I'm not too sure Brody Kemp um, I, I liked what I saw he only played two games which didn't help and I don't think he was there when I watched him in the reserves. I'm going to just put him in future player. He's, uh, he obviously gets a lot of hype. And he should for what we ended up. I think he was the uh, trade we gave up Adelaide for. Maybe might be wrong on that one. But someone I think will develop. He seems... He was very good flyer in the back line he went up a lot of times I remember in that Port Adelaide game and made his presence known but I can't really comment enough on it to really give my full perspective I think it's a lot of you know that's the thing with a lot of these young blokes it's too hard to really tell where they're going and when you watch most of these other players for 50 something games you know them much better than you know the young guys so he's put in future player future star whatever you want to call it I'm looking at this next guy and I've completely forgot his name I have to be completely honest um, it will come back to me I'm sure it will Lucky Plowman we'll move on to Lucky Plowman um, Plow I've always said the, I've said the same thing quite a lot of times he's very tactically tactically he's very talented and he'll be able to read the play better than a lot of backline players do but it's skill wise that lets him down that that's why a lot of people have quite a problem with him I think people expect the best halfback the club's ever seen with him and they he makes a little a couple a couple silly mistakes and everyone sort of jumps on him and has a go at him but I think if you look at him compared to the uh, other halfbacks because our other two are Saad and Williams who are who are runners they're not like you know physical demanding halfbacks they're runners and they you know they're transition halfbacks whereas plowman is there to impact you know the contested ball and he's very smart the way he reads the play and you know finds his kicks out of the back line so i think for him he's a good role player i couldn't say and i can't put him in consistently solid purely because of those skill errors he makes and I would say on a consistent basis but I do love the way he is able to adapt himself to any type of scenario well I really want to figure out which uh, one what his name is this guy I can't it's it's on the tip of my tongue but I cannot remember I, I'm sure it will come back uh, next on our list Paddy Dow uh, look if I'm being like completely honest it would have to be I'm going to say VFL I wouldn't say D-list I'm going to say VFL because 
I think this is it for him. Lockie O'Brien, I've seen enough of to realise that that's enough, that there's nothing improving with him. It, I like, it's a left foot or it's nothing. And I could be drastically wrong with um, Lockie O'Brien, but I just don't think he's going to make an impact. But Paddy Dow, you saw, we saw sparks in 2021. We saw those, you know, bursts out of the centre, you know, the centre bounce where he, you know, find his way, manoeuvre his way around the midfielders. You know, those those hit-up kicks that he, you know, like he, he provided something he never did half the time. And then the other half, he doesn't do anything. So that there's two sides to Paddy, and that's why I think if you perform consistently in the VFL, sure, give you a go. Otherwise, it's uh, it's out for Paddy, in my opinion. You can find someone better for him, but the problem with that is that you only you know you're gonna you're gonna get what you give. So it's very awkward situation for Paddy Dow, I have to be completely honest. Uh, next we have Nick Newman. Someone who I feel, I feel like he was injured this year. Maybe I'm completely wrong. He did come back, I think. Um, I, I like Newman as a... He sort of played in that full-back, half-back position, that sort of back pocket. I think he... he he's a role-player, definitely, because he's, I, I think there'd be times where he would definitely go missing when there was a small forward that was quite nifty and able to really manoeuvre themselves around the, the sort of contested stoppages or just inside 50s that tend to, tended to attract the crowd. So I think, I think he's a transition player, he's a role player, but I don't think as a real like physical defender he stands up enough in my opinion, that's sort of where I feel with him. I'm going to quickly look who this player is, which is quite embarrassing, but I do want to figure out who it is. I think it, the number I think is a 30 number, but the name, the name just won't come to me. The player is, I'm sure everyone's probably already figured it out by now. It is. Still cannot find it. Okay, well that's Sam Philp. No, yep, I think it's Sam Philp. Look, we're going to hope it's Sam Philp and continue on. Uh, but I'm going to, yet again, just put straight to future play. I, I, I saw a little bit of Philp, I think. Um, to be quite honest, I'm not too set on him. I think if you look at your other options in Honey and Durden, they go way over Philp. Uh, so, I think Philp's really got to show something or else I don't see a real future for him in the club. So, it's make or break for him, I think, in the next couple of years to really cement himself or else it's probably going to be moved on, which sadly is the harsh reality of the AFL world. So, next, Jack Silvani. Uh, look, I'm, I'm going to put him in consistently solid because he's both a role player, but he also role plays really consistently, but really, like, to nearly an elite level, I reckon. I think he he's, his versatility levels compared to when he started to now is insane. I mean, you can put him practically anywhere on that ground and he will play that role and make an impact at the same time. 
I mean, I think he's 190-something and he's playing as a backup Ruckman when we don't have anyone. So that is, like, quite insane. That is very impressive for someone who really was only brought up as a forward player, never anything else. And I've sort of loved watching, I've loved watching his development over the years and seen, his, seen him grow. And he'll, yet again, he'll be very important to whether our new sort of structure is played consistently or it's a you know quarter by quarter. Maybe we play well this quarter, maybe we don't if Jack plays well, etc. So I'm going to put him into consistently solid. Um, next, Jesse Motlop, straight to future player. I'd, you know, we don't know enough about him to comment any further, so we're going to move on. Jack Nunes. Uh, look, see, I saw a lot of Jack Nunes from his St. Kilda time. I've been to a lot of St. Kilda games. I don't... He's, he's a role player, but personally, I think he just doesn't really get a spot in this team anymore. And I think... If we're completely harsh and honest, if you want this team to go forward and to develop, Jack Nunes is not someone you want on our list. And I don't think he's not talented. I just don't think... I think you can do better than Jack Nunes. So I'm going to put him in VFL slash D-list because... I don't know. I just don't think he is what we need. And I... Like if we if we look and say, oh, what would your ideal final team look like? Your finals team? I don't think I could have Jack Nunes anywhere, not even on the interchange. So I'm going to put him in VFL slash D list. Jacob Wiedering, elite, no question. Honestly, I think he should have got the sole captain role. I think he deserved it at the end of the day, but Cripps has it. Uh, he, he's his development was very fast-tracked because of how poor we were and is much higher than it probably needs to be at his, his age, to be quite honest. But yeah, he will impact the game every single week. He will... I mean, by and by impact, he will save us three or four or five goals from a key forward, which is just, like, more than you can ask for from a full-back. That, most full-backs can't do that. And you look at every full-back that played on Harry Mackay is a perfect example that Wiedering, out of the 18 teams we played, probably shut down, I'd say, 13, 14 of those key forwards we played. So, he's fantastic, week in, week out, elite level. Um, Matt Cottrell, I'm not too sure with uh, with Cottrell. I, I'm going to put him in VFL. I, I think we saw something in him, that mongrel that he had at the end of 2020, Saw a bit in 2021, but yet again, like Nunes, I, ju I, I just don't think he will ever sort of work his way up in the ranks. He'll never become a supreme player where he will earn his spot week in, week out. But I don't think he's someone you should get rid of. I just think he's someone that you perform on the VFL, then you earn your spot. Otherwise, I just don't see him being a really consistent player, nor really a role player in our team. He hasn't at least proved to us that he can be a role player. Next, Adam Saad. I'm going to put consistently solid. Um, I wouldn't put him in elite level. He's very close, but I just think there's so much a halfback can do to be an elite player. And I don't think he has 
done that on any team yet to elevate a team to the next level. I know it's not solely on one player, but you look at players that are in odd positions in other teams that will like randomly make really big impacts that you don't actually notice, but I don't think Saad does that any more than anyone else in our team. But he's definitely a talented player and he will play his role very well each time. But he does make a good impact off halfback, so I'm going to put him in, him in consistently solid. But he's bordering elite. He just has, you know, I just don't think he... I don't think he'd see himself as an elite player. I think that's not what he'd be going for us. I feel like he would be much more selfish on off halfback and look for really dumb options rather than the smarter options. Next, Jack Carroll. Looks like he's really coming out of his shell pre-season, which is great to see. A future player again, I think if with his uh, he had a shoulder injury, he did have a shoulder injury or an arm injury that kept him out for most of last year. So, I, I mean, he'll be in the VFL for the start, but he's definitely a spark, if anything. And I think I might put Philp to VFL because I'm sort of looking at who's in that spark list, and I don't think Philp is in that spark future player list. So he'll be in the VFL list. So, Charlie Curnow, uh, look, he's obviously elite, but I'm, uh, it's really hard with him because he's an elite player, but he hasn't played a lot in the last couple of years. I'm going to put him in elite, but I think that, that, <laughs> that label can be easily taken off if he loses that form, which is sad to think about, but it's, it's scary but true that he that form may never return which I think a lot of people don't want to believe but it it just doesn't happen for everyone I'm not saying it won't but I'm very pessimistic so I'm just going to accept it won't return to that form even though even though it should so we move on to Tom Williamson gonna put him in role player um, I think he should be pushed up the ground a bit more. I don't think Teague utilised him well at all. He got really considered as a rubbish player off Teague, the way he was played. He just... He showed so much potential and so much spark. A lot of energy in that half-back line and really never got... You know, he'd make those bursts off half-back and transition the ball up and he'd get stopped when he gets to, you know, halfway up the ground because that's all, that's all he's expected to do. So... I'm hoping Voss wakes up, and he will, he should, he's pushed up the wing, but Williamson plays his role well, and you can tell he's got intent in what he wants to do, the way he wants to play, so for, yeah, for me, Williamson's definitely someone that is an easy role player option, uh, Lewis Young, future, future player, haven't seen enough of him to comment, I think it's just to see where we go with him, Zach Fisher, uh, this, I mean, this throws a lot of people off, I guess, because of what we've seen, the good and the bad with him, because the good is very good, the bad is very bad. I think Fish is a, a form player, so if he's in good form, you'll get the good stuff. If he's not in good form, you won't get the good stuff, and it's either one or the other. He never really sticks good for a long time or bad for, like, it's very hard to tell where I'd rank him. I think... He's a role player. He's, he's bordering consistently solid, but he hasn't been the first part of that word words consistently. He's 
been solid, but not consistently solid. So I put him as a top role player, but he easily could move into that consistently solid. Pitto, uh, look, like I said, I don't have great opinions on Pitto. If I was uh, if I was a list manager, I would get rid of him. I, I, I don't think he is... Uh, an actual impact ruckman. He's very good physically and he'll impact the actual ruck contest. But when you look at his stats, and I remember there was about four games in a row from around the Brisbane game to about the Hawthorne game where his hit-out efficiency was always under 40%. And this was just more than those four games, which is extremely poor because... And especially this year, when you have Cripps, Walsh, Chera in that contest, you cannot afford to keep missing them consistently and giving the opposition a much better chance at winning the contest when we have a much better outfit in the middle of the ground. So, he's... I don't know. Because he's, he's going to get a game in the team, no matter what. He's, he's somehow a top, top ruckman. I'm just going to put him as a role player because he, he plays his role as a ruck. It's, it sounds dumb, but it, that's just the truth of him. I just don't think he's a good ruckman. And I, I think someone needs to improve drastically to take his spot. and I, Or else might be in a lot of trouble with Pitto for the next year if he's seriously our number one for quite a while. So that's where I leave him as in my role player area. Uh, Liam Stocker. I'm loving Liam Stocker. He's he's really developed right in front of our eyes like like we, we like we hoped he would and he has. And he's still got some time to go. Obviously there's parts of his game I think are very easy to work on. I think his contested uh, one-on-one uh, abilities lets him down at times but he's also very good at reading the play, especially for a young player who's still getting into that, you know, half-back, full-back position. So I'm going to put him as... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a role player for now, but he's someone who can easily move up the ranks, and he's a, he's a spark. He's still a future young player, so there's nothing real, really negative to comment on him. Sam Walsh, elite, moving on. Matt Owies... Um, I liked what I saw from him at the start of the season. Um, he was, I think he was very new to a lot of teams, and I think that's why he played so well, because a lot of teams had no clue what to expect from him. The problem with Owies is that once teams did know what to expect from him, he went very quiet and made very little impact. So I'm going to put him... Oh, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, if I'm looking at small forwards, uh, forward options, it's it's competing with those young kids in Durden and Honey. I think I'm going to put him at the bottom of role player because it really depends on how he matches up with those two young guys this season. And even I'm looking at the bottom of the list, Matt Kennedy, Lockie Fogarty, I would definitely rate them over Owies. So, interesting with him. It's not really a category for Owies because he's not a bad player. He's had an amazing play. He's really smack, like smack pain in the middle, which there's no category for. So, he's at the bottom of role player. 
uh, onto Alex Merkov. I'm just going to put future player. I don't have enough to comment on him. Zach Williams. Um, uh, this is interesting because I'm comparing him straight to Saad because they play practically the same role. I, I, I think he's... <laughs> this is very hard to actually pick. I think he's a top role player. I just think his form, at least at the Blues, has not really given us indication that he's a consistently solid player. Maybe that's sort of first year getting into it. I'm going to put him at the top of role player for now. Matt Kennedy, I've loved Matt Kennedy, and why he hasn't played for a while has really baffled me and quite an, like annoyed me quite a lot more than I thought it would anyway uh, I think he's definitely a consistently solid player when you play him in the right position where he wants to be played not chucked in on the wing where he's not he's not really capable of making an impact I think you put him in that half forward that lead up position he really make, like he always creates options and he can move into the middle as well and be a really great uh, rover. So I think he's a consistently solid player. So I, I, I because I don't, he's he, you could definitely put him role plays both. He's either, but I, I I love Matt Kennedy. I think he's much much more talented than a lot of the players on this list, but hasn't been utilised to his full potential. Lockie Fogarty, uh, yeah, straight role player. Uh, you know, I loved what he brought to the team straight away from round one when he ran rings around the Richmond defenders. Sort of dropped off a bit with form, which I thought would be the case with him just purely because it was a new system and as we declined in performance, so did he. But I think he'll ease, he's a player who could easily work his way back up to form and will be a great role player in the team. Paddy Cripps, straight to elite level. I'm just hoping he can find his groove again and sort of play the way he wants to play whilst integrating with the sort of club expectations. I think this is Jordan Boyd. Um, I wouldn't really put future, I'm pretty sure he got delisted. Maybe he didn't. I'm not too sure. I'm going to put VFL anyways. I don't think he's a real future spark as of yet. And then Oscar McDonald, a very odd one, because I don't think he played anything past round three or round two from memory. Um, but he really turned up in round one and made Richmond very surprised going forward. I think he's a spark player for us, I, I, because obviously we haven't seen enough of him to be a real role player as of yet, but he's definitely a spark. Which concludes the list. I'm going to go through who I've got in every tier again. I don't think I'm going to reshuffle just purely because anyone on an audio platform would not want to wait for a reshuffle. So in Elite, uh, Harry Mackay, Jacob Weider, and Sam Walsh, Patrick Cripps, Adam Chera, and Charlie Kerno. I'll give you who my top player is from each of those categories. So top for elite. Personally, I'm gonna say oh, I'm, I think it's a tie between Weederin and Walsh because they're two different positions, and I think they're both the best elite 
players in that level, and obviously Harry is a very close second. But for the age they are, I'm sort of looking at... And I know Harry's the same age as Jacob, but I think we do. I mean, defense, d- defensive positions takes a lot longer to adapt to compared to a forward where you kick goals, that's your objective, and you can do quite a lot more being a forward. Uh, consistently solid, De Koning, Hewitt, Silvani, Saad, Doherty, and Kennedy. Uh, I've got to say, top consistently solid play I'm going to give to Jack Silvani in that group. I think he stands out just a bit more, but I'd say close seconds would be Hewitt, assuming he continues Sydney form, and Adam Saad. Role player, quite a lot. This was the biggest category. Williams, Stocker, Fogarty, Fisher, Pittenet, Cunningham, Martin, Plowman, Kernow, Park, Setterfield, Newman, Williamson, and Owies. Top role player in all of this group, I think obviously Ed Kernow, based off experience, but I think top role player-wise, I'm going to go with Will Setterfield and Lockie Fogarty. I think they're the best role players. And Jack Martin, I'm going to add him as a third. Spark slash future players, I have Lewis Young, Corey Durden, Motlop, I can't remember the first name. Oh, it's very odd. I'm forgetting a couple of things here. Jack Carroll, Josh Honey, Caleb Marchbank, Mitch McGovern, Brody Camp, Oscar McDonald, and Alex Merkov. Then in the VFL slash D list, so they sort of are both Boyd, Philp, Cottrell, Dow, Nunes, and O'Brien. So a very different list, I think, to others. Just doing this off the spot, my thoughts that come out, basically right on the spot, what I think as of now, I think if you did this as even like after round three, you'd get a completely different tier list, which I think is cool, I reckon this would be a great idea to do halfway throughout the season and see how drastically it's changed, but it was very fun experience to do anyway. I didn't think I'd ever do something like this, so thank you Terry for making this. This is a great idea and a great initiative. If you haven't done it, have a go at it. Record it. Put it on YouTube. See what other people think. It's it's good to get a lot of other opinions surrounding this team. Now that we can see each other again go to the footy, it's great experience to expose ourselves as Colson supporters and give our opinions on the team. So that is my list. Hope everyone has enjoyed hearing out what I've had to say about most of these blokes. Very nervous going into the season. Hope this list and what I've said of these players comes true. But we all know that it won't. At least some parts won't. But anyways, hope you've all enjoyed. Let me know your thoughts and opinions in the comments below. Looking forward to doing some more preview videos in the future and podcasts. Look out for that in the future. But until then, hope everyone has a great week and go Blues.